Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. One thing that we know is going on is affluenza. And that gets people kind of snickering a little bit. But it does exist. The term is, uh, what was a clever lawyer's term? And it, of course, was about the Texas teen who drove drunk and killed a number of people, and then pled affluenza. He uh, he was too affluent. And his parents didn't hold him responsible, and so, of course, he wasn't responsible for, for his actions, because he hadn't been taught responsibility. And his parents basically backed him up, and the judge bought it, and sent him for rehab. I think he killed four people, or three times the legal limit of alcohol in his bloodstream. Well, his parents then um, divorced, and his mother, as you, I know, have been hearing, spirited him away from his rehab center in California, off to Mexico, in contravention of the court ruling, and they were discovered there. And first the mother, and I think now the teen himself, have been brought back to the United States. And I hope he spends a lot of time in jail. I really do. But affluenza exists. Kids are being passed through grade and high school without a concern about whether they even begin to understand the academics they're supposed to have absorbed. They just get passed along. Don't know what's happening in grade four? Well, you'll pick it up in grade five. Maybe grade seven, possibly grade nine. It'll just suddenly, magically, by osmosis of some kind happen. You will suddenly understand. No zeros for work not handed in. That's another one. Teachers being told that they can't hand out a zero if their work isn't handed in. Remember the uh, Edmonton physics teacher, Lyndon Dorval? He was on this show. I think it was 2014 Mr. Dorval was on the show. He decided to defy the school board's policy and hand out zeros. When no work was handed in, he got fired for that. Ultimately, he was proven correct. I think a court agreed with him. And I remember speaking with a student, a member of the, uh, of the student body at the high school where he taught, who absolutely agreed with Lyndon Dorval, said, no, if you don't hand in your work, you should get a zero. But do you blame kids? Do you blame young people? If they, if they have no really inherent sense of responsibility, not all of them, some of them, if they're not held responsible for their, for their actions... If they're passed along by a school system that clearly doesn't give a damn about them. Because if you fail grade 9, I'll just put you in grade 10. If you fail grade 4, we'll just put you in grade 5. Because we want to be done with you. It doesn't matter if you need remedial coaching in reading and writing when you get into a, a job. No, no, it doesn't matter. Because you're gone then. You're not our responsibility any longer. You blame them if if they don't have a sense of responsibility? Um, playing sports, don't keep score because that can damage your psyche. 
If you lose in sports, oh, they're going to be damaged forever. Kids keep score themselves. Affluenza is real, and it's social engineers and some parents who are responsible. Michael Zwagstra is a Manitoba high school teacher. He's the co-author of What's Wrong with Our Schools and How We Can Fix Them. He conducts research for the Frontier Center for Public Policy. He's been on this program many times, and he's been listening. Michael, I, I said to you the other day, thank you for joining us. I said to you the other day, essentially what I said now, that I really believe that affluenza, dopey term that it is, is a fact of life for the reasons that I've outlined. What do you say? Well, I, it certainly a, it is a dopey term. Uh, the the Texas teen is obviously a very extreme case of it. I mean, I think we all shook our heads when we heard about uh, the judge's ruling in that case and the events that happened afterwards. Um, I, I do think that it certainly is an issue when you don't hold uh, young people accountable because obviously you have to learn in life that uh, decisions need to be made and that uh, when you don't do something, then you need to be held accountable for it. And so. You know, you're referencing like the No Zero case. I mean, that was a, uh, it's just an example of an unbelievably um, ridiculous policy. This idea that uh, that you can't give a zero uh, when work doesn't come in. And fortunately, a lot of uh, a lot of school districts have moved away from the policy, largely thanks to the publicity that uh, the Lyndon Dorval case got when they found out that some 95 percent of the population doesn't agree with No Zero policies. You can't get 95 percent of the public to agree on anything, but on, on the issue of No Zeros, uh, that type of policy. You, you'll get people agreeing that it really is quite silly. But it does have an effect, does it not? It, it has an effect on students. Are teachers not encouraged in the classroom to create some level of affluenza? Well, it, it certainly does have an effect. I mean, if you get used to not being held accountable, then you're going to expect that. Uh, and so when you are used to being passed or moved on, when you don't do the necessary work or, or actually uh, merit a pass and you move ahead anyway, you start to expect that. And so this is where you end up with situations that happen uh, all too often where you have university students that are having their parents phone the professor to argue about whether you know, their, their son or daughter should have gotten a higher mark because they're just used to getting those higher marks. And uh, the earlier that it starts and continues, obviously, the more it affects you later in life. Yep. We had a McGill University history professor on this program who told us about students calling him at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning and objecting to the fact that he gave them a failing grade. And their argument is, well, I attended some classes. I'm supposed to at least get a B-plus for that. I always have. Well, and again, that's that that sense of entitlement, and that's where you know you see this affluenza, this idea that that you think that you deserve something, even though you clearly don't. And this is uh, obviously a problem. You take any take any group of people and don't hold them accountable and give them rewards when they fail to do something, and you end up rewarding that behavior, and that behavior just simply continues. I mean mm-hmm. that. That, that's just that's just how life, that's just how things work, and it's really unfortunate when this happens. And I don't blame the kids, Michael. Yeah, I. You know what? I I I certainly would partly absolve them, but not entirely, because I think that uh, uh, that especially when you're when you're older, you can you can start to figure out that look, there's a problem here, even if you haven't been held accountable before. But uh, but certainly it, it it has an impact on them, no doubt about it. Now you on your website, michaelswagstra.com, you have a um, an audio clip or a video clip of um, Jeff Bliss. Texas high school student, who in 2013 or 2014, one or the other, he challenged his teacher in in the classroom, and and that that video clip went viral globally. 
Uh, I want you to have a listen, folks, to, you'll remember this when it starts, 18-year-old high school student, Jeff Bliss, his mother is a teacher, and uh, he had failed grade nine, come back to school, and really was interested in learning. And he decided he was going to challenge his teacher in the classroom. Here's how it went. Go off on kids, because they don't freaking get this crap. If you would just get up and teach them instead of handing them a freaking packet, yo. There's kids in here who don't learn like that. They need to learn face to face. You're just getting mad because I'm pointing out the obvious and you're wasting my time. No, I'm not wasting your time. Mm I'm telling you what you need to do. You want kids to come into your class? You want them to get excited yeah, for this? You, you got to come in here. You got to make them excited. You want a kid to change and start doing better? You got to touch his freaking heart. Can't expect a kid to change if all you do is just tell him. You got you to gotta take this job serious. This is the future of this nation. And when you come in here, like you did last time, and make a statement about, oh, this is my paycheck, indeed it is. But this is my country's future okay. and my education. I, I Can you go outside, please? Scorpions. But there's a limit when I'm not bitching, but simply making an observation. Okay, okay. And now I will leave. You're Good. welcome. Good. And if you would like, I'll teach no. you a little more so you no. can actually learn how to teach no. a freaking class. Because since I got here, I've done nothing but no. read packets. So don't try and take credibility for teaching me Jack. Just go by. So when we listen to that, Michael Zweigster, when we listen to Jeff Bliss in that classroom, what are we listening to? What are we hearing? Well, we're hearing a very frustrated student. Um, we're, we're hearing, obviously, a, you know, a snippet of a conversation, and uh, it, it would, obviously we weren't there in terms of knowing exactly what was happening. Um, I, to be honest, I have, uh, based on what I heard on that, I, I have issues with both the student and the teacher. Um, the student, he may have made some valid points about the fact that, yes, the teacher should teach and not just hand out packets, but the disrespectful way in which he handled himself, I wasn't impressed with. Uh, but similarly, if it is true that the teacher in that case was simply handing out packets and not engaging the student and not really working with them, then that's problematic as well. So um, certainly we heard a very a situation where you have a very frustrated student, and he may well have had good reason to be frustrated, but I cannot endorse the way in which uh, he chose to express his frustration. Right. Superintendent of the school district praised the content, uh, if not the approach. And Jeff apparently was a quiet kid who usually didn't say much of anything at all, but he just became so totally frustrated. Stay with us, Michael Zweigstra, and uh, I want to include your phone calls at 888 in Toronto, 416-870-6400. The question is, do you agree that affluenza is real, but young people aren't held to standards of accountability enough, and eventually it will hurt them? Eventually, we harm the students, the young people, by not holding them accountable. Parents being far too permissive. They're your children, not your friends. You're the disciplinarian and the parent. Oh, I know, disciplinarian, bad word, Roy. Oh, wash your mouth out with soap. They're your children, not your friends. 888-225-8255-416-870-6400 is the number to call. Are you a teacher? With an experience like that one, or do you, do you admire that student? Does affluenza exist? Is it a fact of life? Unfortunately, your thoughts when we come back. 
Do you have a kid in school who has moved ahead through social promotion? Do you have a kid in school who has moved into the next grade and didn't quite understand what had just been taught? And did you do anything about it? Did you try to do something about it? What was the effect it had on your child? Ultimately, did your child graduate from high school, unable to read maybe the high school diploma? Did you, do you have a problem with the idea of social promotion? Is there anybody who has had a, 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 a student, a child, who has received a mark other than zero for not handing in work? Do you not think that that creates affluenza? 888 I want to continue in just a second with Michael Zweigstra and your calls. I want to tell you this, though. Not long ago, I watched a a guy, a man in his mid-50s, I guess, moving groceries from the store shopping cart onto the back seat of his SUV. It was a struggle. There was joint pain involved, clearly. The involuntary reach for the knee, followed by that impromptu one-leg hopping dance we've all seen, or maybe even danced ourselves, When the pain in the knee, the ankle, the hip, and the other joints became our immediate focus, I used to dance that little pain jig years before Sierra's Hill. And it's all natural, mineral, thoroughly researched and tested, formula-free, me from nasty piercing and or dull, throbbing pain intrusion. Sierra's Hill Joint Formula 14 is there to rescue you from those pains. Read the testimonials when you visit RoyGreenShow.com and click on the green Sierra's Hill tab. Get started on getting rid of your joint pain right now. Call 1-877-ROY-1020. 1-877-ROY-1020. Order your Sierra Sil and include the amazing Sierra Sil topical pain relief spray. Sierra Sil is available at Rexall Pharmacies in Ontario, London Drugs in the West, and at Natural Products Retailers Coast to Coast. Dance when it's fun, not because it hurts. Sierra Sil, 1-877-ROY-1020. They'll be ready for your call tomorrow morning. Back to Michael Zwagstra, michaelswagstra.com, a high school teacher in Manitoba and author of What's Wrong With Our Schools and How We Can Fix Them. Dan in Toronto. Dan, what about it? The issue of affluenza being cremated, created, cremated, created among our young. Well, I would say this, Roy, is I thought of my youth and when I was in school and I listened to that recording, you played the interaction with that student and the teacher. And first of all is, me, even if I had a point, and even this kid has a point, I never, ever would have reacted the way he did in the classroom because you know what I feared? Not the teacher. I feared my parents' reactions and repercussions more than I did the teaching establishment. And not, I didn't fear them as human beings, but feared them for repercussions for my actions, which was justified. And it doesn't happen anymore. Kids don't get punishment. They don't get discipline. Uh, it's entitlement, it's coddling, it's participation trophies for not even winning anything. You're setting up an entire generation of whiners and babies who have no understanding of the real world, no respect for authority or discipline. So then you get anarchy. Uh, Michael, what do you think of that? Well, I mean, I think that uh, you know we do see plenty of cases where people enter the workforce or post-secondary education, and there's a sense of entitlement. And again, this doesn't describe everyone, uh, but it is something that we do see. I mean, uh, I'm sure that if you you know if if you talk to I, I know I've heard from many employers in different contexts, and uh, it can be very frustrating when you uh, when you hire someone that you expect is at a certain standard and knows certain you know the work habits and all that, and if they're not Michael, I, Michael, I've talked to employers who've had to hire remedial writing 
tutors, and remedial reading tutors for university graduates. I've talked to employers who've told me that if an employee is disciplined for doing something clearly that was inappropriate, that employee actually becomes emotionally distraught because they've never been criticized in a in a significant manner previously. Never. Never. Well, not at home, not at school, ever. Yeah. Well, that's just ridiculous. I mean, obviously, you should be learning how to handle your criticism and be able to uh, to learn from mistakes and have mistakes pointed out. I mean, hey. this, is, this is part of education, absolutely. Yeah, and it's part of growing up, isn't it, Dan? Yeah, well, rules and regulations and repercussions. It doesn't happen, boy, like real punishment. I'm not talking about you know, a physical punishment or anything, but no, no, I get it. Repercussions for those actions and respect and manners and respecting your peers and authority—it just doesn't exist. Is it because my wife had a theory that things started to go to hell when kids started to call their parents and and other adults by their first names? Um, but but is it because is it because parents too frequently want to be their kids' friends? And teachers uh, far too frequently have the option, now going to the classroom, have the option taken away from them to be disciplinarians in the classroom. Well, I'll, I'll jump in here and say that it, it, is, high, it is very problematic uh, when parents and teachers uh, try to be their, their kids' friends. Uh, you could be, there's a difference between being friends and being friendly. I know that when I started teaching, I was very careful to make sure uh, that I was friendly, uh, but that students knew that I wasn't there to be cool and to be their friend. I'm there as their teacher in a, in a position of authority. And one of the biggest pitfalls that especially new teachers run into uh, is they, they come into the classroom and they try to be buddies with their students and they find that works for the first few weeks and then their classroom management goes downhill and they never get back control. Exactly. And, uh, it's one of the fastest ways to, to end your, your, your teaching career uh, is, is to start out by being, by being too soft and by being too buddy-buddy, and you, you're not able to pull back and, and get back that authoritarian stance. You need to be uh, in a position of authority as a teacher. That's absolutely essential. All right. Dan, thank you very much for the call, sir. I appreciate it. Have a good day. And, Michael, thank you very much. It's always good talking to you. I appreciate it. Michaelswagstra.com. Well, thanks, Roy. It's always great to be with you. Yeah, and your kids are lucky to have you as their teacher. Well, thanks, Roy. I appreciate that. They are. Thank you so much. Look, and I'm not picking on kids. I like kids. I like young people. I, I want them to be successful. It's really important. Uh, I got into... I was a very competitive person. Always have been. Always will be. And and I and I worry about kids who are not, um, not maximizing their skill sets. Handing them trophies for things they haven't accomplished is pointless. Not keeping score is pointless. Pushing them through school without them having understood what they're supposed to have learned is damaging to them. Affluenza? Yeah, it's real.